Hello, this is Melissa. It is Real History on the 11th of January, 2024. It is the second Thursday of the month, which means Neil Foster is with me. And today we are happy that Angry North is joining the conversation again. So hello, both of you. Hello. Hello. How are you? I guess we're both right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's out of the way. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Melissa? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I am definitely getting better all the time, and I'm in good spirits, and I have lots to accomplish, so I'm off and running. That's, that's uh, my, my New Year's resolution is to get more done. That's right. And to, and to say no as often as possible. To anything. <laughs> uh, I, started, I, started, I started before New Year actually in Walmart's when, when they wanted to check your receipt. I was like, no, no thanks. You know, and uh, nobody's bothered me. Yeah. Have a nice oh, day, that, that security guard? Well, they're not security guards; they're just regular employees. But you know, they they, they put the ones on the on the door that seem to be that want to be intimidating, and uh, you just like you just walk by them and say, no, you're all right. Mm-hmm. I've picked my stuff. I don't need to show you anything. Get lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good combination of goals, though, to, to say, to get what's done and say no to as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a chat with one of these people before. They said, listen, they're not they're not checking me, they're checking you. Why can't you get your head around that? They're making sure your staff aren't stealing stuff. It's not us. Yeah. Mm. You know? Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. But anyway, I, got, I, I have a lot of that as well. I've, I've got, for some reason, I've got... um. Something to do with the wallet, the wallet and the cards I've got in it, and I've always had this. I, I set off the um, I set off the alarms in the supermarkets <laughs> all the time by going in as well as going out. But it's when I'm going out that you know I either get a funny look, and that, but usually it's just a look, and I'm I make it clear enough that I'm just tired of it all, and I'm not up for spending my time with them. You know. Yeah. Well, I actually, I actually went up to um, my, my wife Paula. She uh, she was ordering stuff from Walmart that she could only get online there uh, and by mistake she pressed the uh, pickup option so she said oh I've done that by mistake uh, if, if you're going to go up there can you pick this stuff up I says alright okay well, I say what do I have to do she said oh you have to have an app on your phone and all this I say well I ain't doing that I say, I've, got to go this, I've got to go to the stores I've got to go there anyway I'm going to go there I'll just go to the customer service department which isn't called customer service anymore it's called customer something else because there is no service <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I've got my stuff I've got the cart with the stuff in it they can clearly see I've bought things they're in bags and everything so I go, I go up there and I go uh, uh, my wife orders something by mistake for pick up uh, just you know while I'm here I may as well just pick it up he says no 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 you've got to go down to the garden section and oh. I, right, okay. so now I've, I've parked at one end of the store okay so I've now I've walked a hundred yards so I go out to the garden centre and it's one of these guys that uh, I've I've uh, had it out with about the receipts as well, so he knows me. <laughs> so uh, I go down there and goes, uh, "Listen, I've been set, I've been up this service thing, da da da." I explain the thing to him, and he goes, and I go, and he says, "Oh, you, it's behind this wall here. You've got to go around the corner, da da da, and park your car there." I said, "Well, how do they know I'm here?" He says, "You tell somebody." I said, "I'm telling you." <laughs> he says, uh, "No, no, no, you've got to go around the corner." I said, oh, "Well, okay, I'll just go around there and, and tell somebody." He says, "No, no, you've got to take your car. It's, un- it's not safe to stand around there." I said, listen, I'm uh, 200 yards away. You think I'm going to do that? So I ended up just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't putting up with that. <laughs> you know? so, uh, Did Paula go back yeah. and get it herself? 
Well, somebody's going to have to because I. <laughs> 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 I, just, I came back. I came back. I said to Paula, I said, I, I just, I just cannot believe the stupidity of people. I just cannot believe how stupid they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually watched Idiocracy again the other day just to just to show me some intelligent people. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, that's that's that was my uh, experience today of uh, idiocracy. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm here. Uh, who, you know, who do I inform that I'm here? Uh, oh, somebody around the corner. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm here. What's what's the problem here? Can't somebody just go and get it and give me it? Oh no, uh, you can't do that, sir. Uh, You've got to go 200 yards, bring your car down here, and sit and wait for somebody. All right, okay. Whatever. Crazy. So anyway, anyway, so anyway, that's that. That was my morning. <laughs> Okay. How about you, Angry? Do you have any good misanthropic start of the new year tales or complaints? Oh, not that I can think of. All right. Uh, no, uh, we had a nice spine. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, had a, I've got a kind of small life at the moment, not, not been uh, interacting much with the outside world since New Year. Uh, had a quiet one, New Year. New Year was much better than Christmas. Um, and since then, just trying to get, you know, work and general life admin stuff done. So, I yeah. apologize. The, the less I go out. Sorry? Yeah, the, the less you go out, the better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know what I mean. I mean you, you get yeah. out, there's, uh, there are these prompts to be frustrated or uh, triggers, aren't there? Um, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you do have to go out. I think it's it's um, like insulating yourself from it too much isn't isn't that healthy, is it? You got to go out and yeah, you can't just sit in a sit in a box all the time. I, but, I yeah, quite quiet, quiet for me so far. Yeah, I, I, the only strangers I see are the chickens, and they're they're, they're more intelligent than half the Walmart stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So you, I, I just want to mention that you've sent me some pictures of the egg uh, laying activity. Yeah, it is an egg factory. It's amazing. So I'll put that up. So you, and this is a, a daily event now. So. Oh yeah, six seven eggs a day, and we've still got the youngest chickens to start laying yet. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll be getting eight, eight a day. That's great. Yes. Well, we keep giving them away. We just, you know, I've got three. I've got about fifty eggs in the fridge just now. I gave two dozen away at the weekend. Wow. Well, that's good. Eggs are good for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I have two every day. Two every day. Yeah. Now I'm a two day man as well. Yeah, I I had my two this morning fried. And my bacon. Ah, now that I didn't have. Now, Angry, do you have any new songs since we last spoke? Because I apologize, I haven't been able to keep up with your channel. Yeah, no, no need to apologize at all. Um, well, yeah, I, I did put one out called uh, Warning. It just it just popped out. Uh, it's not like uh, one I'm that, um, you know, massively proud of or over the moon about it. I put it out and I put it on YouTube. And guess what happened? You'll never guess. Yes, it was removed instantly uh, before anybody saw it, literally within about a minute. Uh, Why was it removed, you might wonder. Well, the gods of speech and thought at um, the establishment concerned, or the robots in charge of speech and thought, uh, obviously things have been delegated, no doubt, to robots on behalf of the power-ups to uh, the, the higher-ups to uh, uh, 
to enact this stuff, they don't have to answer to the you know to lowly human beings, uh, and so they don't they, they don't explain why. The only information I've got to go on is medical misinformation, and you don't get any more information than that. So you don't get to ask them, you know, what was it? Was it one of the lyrics? Was it some of the imagery? Most of the imagery, the videos was, was taken from YouTube. So it's really, you know, but you, there's no point asking because computer doesn't tell you. Computer just says no. So there's no point going through all of that. But I guess, um, bearing in mind it, it said medical misinformation, I can only guess that unfortunately, um, they must have got the in, the impression that I was somehow being less than complimentary about some of the wonderful products that are produced by um, those lovely pharmaceutical companies. And I've got no idea where they, where they got that um, impression from. I just don't know. So there's nothing I can do about it anyway, you know. But I think from now on, I have to make an extra special effort to be a good boy, be a good slave, and for in the interest of that, uh, I'm going to just have to pursue a different strategy now when I put a song out, because unless it's ultra, ultra, ultra safe, um, inoffensive in every way, um, there's no point putting a song on, because I'll just get a strike. There's no point putting a song video onto YouTube anymore, I don't think. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to um, put a video on like this, saying I've got I've got a song and and letting you guys know and pointing you to Bitshoot or Odyssey, where of course you can see um, the relevant uh, video if you want to. <laughs> Like they're doing and saying they're gonna do How could 
speak about whether we're going to talk about this Neil but I'm guessing we yeah, were going on. to yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah it, it looks like me and Neil are kind of um, entering into a kind of collaborative uh, setup oh good music good yeah. so um, tell tell us about that songs. yeah okay so yeah uh, Neil was quite gifted in the uh, in the old lyrics department so it just came, it just started because um, Neil mentioned in one of my videos that I'd mentioned the song. House of Rising Sun. House of Rising Sun, yeah. And, and Neil said, oh, I, I want to write some lyrics called, um, there, there was a house called Parliament, <laughs> um, which I thought sounded amusing straight off. And uh, I said, oh, that'd be great, great to see it. And he, and he said, I can't find him, but he just, he just recreated some, didn't he? Didn't Neil? Yeah. Um, and sent those through, and then uh, I was like, this is great, you know, lyrics are, you know, if you can do great lyrics, send them through, maybe we can do something. So, uh, Neil sent through lyrics for, what, five or six songs now? Well, I think like more than that. Well, yeah, probably, so I've got another dozen or so sitting on the desk. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Right. 
That's yeah, great. Seriously, rapid and prolific as well. Um, I, I can't really keep up in, in the bit that I'm dealing with, which is uh, the music side of it, and the you know de- de- using the software to get the back backing music sorted out. Um, but we've already we're already quite a way through with a couple of songs, and um, Neil's singing them. Um, he's got a great voice, very different to mine. You know, deep and powerful, and, um, and I think quite, you know, quite different and distinctive. And uh, I think I think people are going to like like it. I think people are going to like it. It's, it's kind of as you might expect from Neil, kind of dry, uh, humour-filled, and biting, and yeah, but 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 good. And hopefully the music will be will be okay as well. Uh, by the time we put anything out, so yeah, it's quite exciting. So oh, we, I've, been, I've been quite busy with that. I think Neil's been fairly busy with it as well. well that's great. I'm excited. I'll, I'll really look forward to hearing those. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of back and forward, and obviously the, the time difference kind of puts constraints on it. But uh, we're getting there. Good, good. Yeah. good. It's good. So it's going to be Ang- Angry North and Helen the Handbasket. Uh, awesome. That's a good combination. And, and Paul's done a little uh, a little logo for that as well, which is quite amusing. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, um, Alan used to read Helena Handbasket articles, and it, you know he kind of had a wink, wink attitude. I don't think that he ever actually said this is Neil Foster's writing, but no, I, didn't. I, I, I think mo- I think a lot of people knew. <laughs> so I mean, because you know he'd get emails of people going, "Oh yeah, I know, wink, wink, who you're talking about." But good stuff. Oh. Yeah. So- Where's that going to take us? It's going to take us to whichever one of you wants to dive in with a story or something that's pressing on your mind, and let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, just uh, I think I, I sent a message to you, Paul, about these tiny home things that are they're cropping up everywhere over here, these tiny home communities. Mm. And, uh, and I know you'd mentioned them before, uh, Melissa, uh, popping up in Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are—they're they're basically sheds. Yes. They are. Yeah. Sheds with uh, you know they put a, a nice floor and a door in it and some curtains. That's it, and they call that a tiny home. Now I've got one here. Uh, I think this is in Florida. Uh, Two hundred thirteen square foot. They call it a house, right? Uh. <laughs> a house. And uh, in in a popular tiny home community near Tampa, for fourteen hundred dollars a month rental. <laughs> it's uh, madness, it's, and and everything's in this one room. Your bed, yes. your cooker. I mean, imagine your your beds are going to be stinking of whatever you cooked that day. Oh, yeah. You know, everything. It's just it's it's literally a shed. That's all it is. Well, let's let's face it. I mean, come on, Neil. This just somebody who happily lives in a two hundred and fourteen square foot tiny home actually cook, or do they live on seeds and nuts? Uh, well, I don't know whether they're going to store any food in it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, maybe they're maybe rubbing squirrels, I don't know. But, uh, just, when you uh, sent me that the other day, it, it kind of stuck in my mind, and I ended up illustrating the, the talk that I put up on Sunday. And, of course, Alan was not talking about tiny homes, but he was talking about the idea that we can be made to do anything with uh, the right amount of propagandizing. And the tiny homes popped into my head, and I was looking up a few other instances of it. And now, besides the sheds, it looks like one of the big trends is 
uh, a tiny home that's on wheels. So essentially, yeah. what you know, those pull-behind trailers enclosed, it's a, it's a, that's a tiny home now. Caravans. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not even as big as the, you know, a self-respecting caravan mm. in the UK was bigger than these are. Yeah. Well, uh, I, think, uh, I don't know if I sent you this one, Paul. This is close to you. The, the tiny house community in Bristol. Uh, plans for the UK's first tiny house regenerative settlement in Sea Mills, Bristol. And it's, and you look at the map and it's right in the middle of all these, uh, this urban sprawl. And they've carved out this triangle and they're going to put these sheds in them for people to live in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, um, stack and pack, low impact, compact living, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's uh, totally the model they've got yeah. for those. Yeah. Well, they ain't going to stack anything. You're just in a, a one, a one level shed. The other yeah, trend that uh, I noticed. Know, I was this. Uh, go ahead. What did you say? I'm I just thinking. I, I can't help thinking if it's in a city. They, I, the, the sort of. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the. Did you see the? Um, is it the Tavistock Institute model? It's kind of like a computer-generated model where basically they they take you through this um, this kind of virtual. Center, set up of London. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was a, that was a agenda 2030, wasn't it? And they showed you there was hardly any people there. There was there was, there was no cars and all this kind of thing. Is that the one? Well, it, it's it, it takes you. The, the, you can basically you can basically jump ahead um, x number of years and then x number of yeah. years and then x number of years. I, I can't. I'm annoyed that I can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, I, it. It's it's really gone. Just a few years forward from now, it's really gone all very much high rise, high rise, high rise, and all about compactness and mm -hmm. for various reasons. And yeah, I I cannot think in if there's any situation where in the city they were just like because they, they, they were used they, they were promoting shipping containers as well quite a lot, weren't they, a few years ago yeah. um, as the new kind of best way to uh, efficiently um, build a home and everything. Um, well, yeah, I wonder if these units that you're talking about could be stacked on top of each other. I don't know. Oh, these are just uh, like timber frame things. They're just the lightweight uh, uh, garbage. Right. You know, There's a, a, a couple of things, though, Angry, uh, on that thread. First of all, I saw in Toronto a, a situation similar that could be stackable. This is, say, half a dozen years ago. They were promoting the idea of getting a train, like a Cost, you know those shipping containers that you see that go, oh, that go on the ocean, big metal square things, and people were turning them into homes. And there were a few of these in the greater Toronto area that they were showing, and those absolutely could be stackable. You know, so yeah, well, they are, they are stackable. Yeah, yeah, because they stack them on ships. There, there's no reason why they couldn't be reinforced and then framed around to make them, you know, like permanently stackable. And the other, well, yeah, the other, because there's going to be no freight going anywhere. Well, that's true. Yeah. The, the, the other yeah, thing yeah. that you pointed out to me, Neil, uh, this, you told me about the malls being turned into living areas. And that is mm -hmm. actually a worldwide new trend. And I say by new, I'm talking about, say, the last five years or so. But lots and lots of these malls are being gutted now that everybody shops at Amazon. They're being gutted, and many of them are being turned into 
self-contained living communities, which means you've got your pharmacy there, your clinic, your grocery store, and then your living space. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the same there, Paul, in the shopping centres there that are maybe not very busy. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I, I did see... Um, I was I was actually in, our, in a local city recently, small city, um, just before Christmas, and I was I was amazed at the lack of footfall because it's all just gone online. So it's like the, these these places just the, the numbers of them that must be barely breaking even or not yet breaking even in terms of those actual units, those actual retail units, what they're selling and what they're making and the cost they've got to cover. Um, they must be unviable. Just so many of them, just based on you know. Every year of my life until now, so close to Christmas, I would always have expected to see far, 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 far more people. And uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the malls and things are all, um, yeah, all the units are becoming unviable and they need to repurpose them. Somebody else um, I follow a bit now and again called Miri. You come across Miri? Miri no. Finch. Um, she's mm. a blogger in the UK. Um, she wrote an article as well commenting on how at the moment there's so much student accommodation being promoted in all these you know university towns and cities in the UK and it's it's and while they're struggling for actual well the universities themselves are struggling to sell their places and they've got really low occupancy compared to you know their historical averages and um, she was sort of posing the question what 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 what's all this university accommodation for in light of all this um of, of, of the fact that universities can't sell their places and she was saying well maybe it's not actually that these units that are being created in that style with that layout aren't actually for longer term they're not for the universities and um, students to live in they're for everyone to live in they're basically a way to put in place a new form of housing and it's all, you know, it's basically, you know, tiny little rooms, just like, you know, university accommodation is, is typically is in the, you know, the purpose-built units. Mm-hmm. So it's shared common spaces and tiny little rooms for the individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that reminds me also of, um, I saw one example, I think it was San Francisco, of these kind of tiny little pod, pod kind of hostels where... Everything is common space, and the only private bit you've got, the only private bit you've got is your actual bunk bed, basically. That, that's so funny that you mentioned that, Angry, because that is exactly what was in the Redux that I put up on Sunday. Um, Alan was talking about it, it started in Japan as hotel or boarding accommodation for Japanese workers, and it they are glass-fronted bunk beds, and that's it. And they're on the ground, a lot of them. A lot of them are. Uh, And there's no room in there to even stand up. You just crawl in, lie down. You've got a TV mounted in the corner. Um, You know, you've got a little uh, jack for charging your phone or whatever, but... Yeah, that and the the other thing too that I've noticed with the tiny trend is besides the fact of trying to make it oh hip and trendy and green and you know for the people who want to be hip trendy and green 
I'm noticing that a few cities are doing the tiny home thing as a way, and these are super tiny homes as a way of dealing with their homeless. But they intend on they yeah they intend to make as many of us homeless as they can. So I think this is just basically what we're looking at is future accommodation. Well, it could be for the malls for that as well, couldn't it? Yes. For homeless people, uh, yeah. Like make make these shop units dormitories basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just have people with bunk beds mm-hmm. right right through the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the food the food halls are already there. You know the food's there, the pharmacies there, everything's within the mall. Uh, where else would they, where would they have to go? Everything's there for their convenience, of course. And this uh, this one in Bristol, actually, the description of it, uh, this will make you laugh. Tiny House Community Bristol wants to develop the former Matrix site <laughs> <laughs> in sea mills to help people access high quality, affordable, deeply sustainable, whatever that uh, means, that mean underground, uh, uh, new small homes that meet their needs with an intentional community. Uh, an intentional community. What does, what does that mean? <laughs> Intended to do what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's. Oh, it needs a fence around it. Uh, I, uh, so electrified fence, of course. Well, yeah, but they'll probably have to pay for that themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Put fifty p in the meter. Put fifty p in the meter. Keep the electric fence. Keep the keep the out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So what else is uh, uh, on our minds? Uh, well, I, I had this other one. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the Daily Mail. Uh, Tesla robot attacks an engineer. Yeah, I, I saw. I guess you sent that to me, but yeah, I saw that. During violent malfunction, <laughs> leaving a trail of blood and forcing workers to hit emergency <laughs> shutdown button. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, was it just the one that went off, or was it the, <laughs> did the whole lot start going? Uh, and yet, you have to wonder if somebody's programmed this as some kind of experiment. Yeah, I, you know, I, it doesn't it doesn't really say what type of robot it is. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be some limbs or something, isn't it, to be able to attack you? I mean, or is it just try and run somebody over? I don't know. Oh, it had metal claws. Oh, there you go. The robot had pinned the man who was then programming software for two disabled Tesla robots <laughs> nearby <laughs> before sinking its metal claws into the worker's back and arm, leaving a trail of blood along the factory surface. And it was, uh, it was making car parts, apparently. The robot, it, the, the robot is, you know, like, I don't like what you're doing to my compatriots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, who disabled them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you before you disable me. Uh, Yeah. It's it's just, it's madness, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder who he sues for that. Mm. (laughs) I mean, they say that robots have got rights now, so I guess uh, they can take this uh, robot to court. Maybe he can defend himself. I don't know, or attack a judge. Well, but if if, if they only attack a human, though, humans haven't got rights, so, um, yeah, there's nothing to prosecute the robot for. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. I would imagine that robots are going to have exactly the same uh, rights as corporations, which will mean they're untouchable. Yeah. You're, you're fading out there, Melissa. I sound clear as a bell to my own ears, but there is a weird noise that's coming on from one of you two every once in a while. It sounds like a window opens and then traffic goes by. It's quick. Yeah. It's silent now, but anyway. 
It's, it's my carpet sweeping robot. It's getting a bit pissed off. <laughs> no, I don't have one of those. Oh, that's yeah. very funny. Yeah, I mean, when those, speaking of the carpet cleaning robots, when they came out, I knew a couple of people who immediately had to get them. And it's just, I, I actually, there, there was somebody that asked Alan if he wanted it. Uh, they said, oh, they're on sale. Let me send you a carpet cleaning robot. I was just thinking, okay, first of all, it's a round thing that bops around. How does it get in the corners? I know, you know. I mean, leave it to me to think of corners, but. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to go around after it, doing every corner in the house. Yeah. Which, which will take you longer, right? Uh-huh. All I'm right. Just, guys, I've, I had to do it because it was frustrating me too much. I couldn't remember what that thing was called, that virtual tour around London thing. But it's on the Chatham House website. Uh. And it's called it's called Futurescape. That's it. Okay. Journey through London over the next one hundred years, and you can literally start it and walk through, and and you get a really good picture. It's not just the the, the buildings, the lack of traffic. It's the technology. It's the messaging that's being. It's things like Good Deeds Apartment Store, where you you know you, you spend these. It's the it's the it's this Good Deeds department store is described as the first department store where you spend these Good Deeds tokens that are obviously given to you for good service to the community and being a good citizen. And, and that's the only way you can buy things in Good Deeds department store. Um, you know, the, your diet of, of bugs and stuff and um, lots and lots of autonomous devices and um, machines doing doing everything, and, and a lot of this stack and pack living. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting. If anybody hasn't gone in, you should have a look at it. Uh, there's still as soon as you go in, there's still um, I'm, I've gone in there now. There's still this, uh, uh, you know, signage up in Piccadilly Circus all about coronavirus because of course that's not going away. No, no, no. It's just. No. Uh, somebody was making the comment the other day that it is interesting that they're not speaking of the coronavirus that much by itself or of any variants by itself. They're just combining it with the flu. So you really need to get your flu shot and your COVID shot together and you need, you know, so that whatever is seasonal when these seasonal things happen and people become ill at the same time it's in their minds that that's what's going on yeah, yeah. well i i had a misfortune being in the pharmacy the other day they're picking up a prescription for somebody and uh literally there was there were 10 people in front of me and nine people behind me and the two guys behind me talking about there's what was wrong with them tinnitus and all this kind of stuff and uh i just turned around and I was, does, does, does anybody really think these these medications are helping anybody? Look at the life of the queue here. <laughs> like it's all day, it's all day long. Like you got like literally there must be you know, a million dollars worth of medicine sitting on the shelf right in front of you. It's it's I'm talking about stack and pack. This this stuff's piled up like four or five shelves high. Did you get a response? No. Kind of they just look at you, you know. What brain dead, you know. Dumb and dumber, and I thought of the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 sorry, sorry, hold on. Uh, well, you uh, mentioned tinnitus, and I said, you know, Wi-Fi can cause that. 
you know, and he, again, like, you'd think somebody would say, really? You know, really? Oh, that's interesting. No, no response at all. You know, mm. there you go. Go Paul. Yeah, I'm just noticing um, more and more people that you would not have predicted before all this would, would, would get ill and suffer health problems, suffering health problems at the moment. Um, sure, it's nothing to do with the, the pharmaceuticals or anything, but it just happens to be, yeah, really, well, really noticeably happening. And, and, you know, people we kind of know, um, but yeah, people we genuinely do know, and just people in the local community, it's a lot of it. Yeah, well, I think it's really kicking in now. A lot of, a lot of maybe the delayed reaction to the to the thingy bob, you know. Yeah, well, I, I was in a. Um, a store today, and there was a, a little sign on the on the checkout. The picture of this this lady that used to work there, an old older lady, but I mean she was you know she was she was, didn't look unhealthy or anything. But uh, I'd, I'd spoken to her before, and she had, she was suffering from chronic arthritis, which had just come on, you know. And uh, I thought, oh well, she's had the job right, and uh, she could barely handle the money anymore. And this is this is this has just happened over like a couple of weeks, you know. Mm. And uh, suddenly she's dead now. And I said to the, the other lady behind the counter, I said, what happened to that lady? She was a nice lady. I used to talk to her. She says, oh, she just got sick one day and she was dead the next. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe she got a booster. I, I, I mean, it's it's a tragic thing. When I came back to this area, um, someone that I had known from my childhood and not an old person, uh, they ha- they saw me. They happily greeted me. They actually gave you know came up, gave me a hug, and then stepped back and said, "It's okay. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted." And <laughs> and your your response was, "Get out of hell!" <laughs> no, no, I'm you know it's whatever. We're in the world. We you know it's a risky place to be, but I I felt terrible when about a year later a very fast acting cancer took them and it you know it's tragic and there are people all the time that that I know personally who are are saying things and you know another example very close to home when I got back now I I stay out of politics or matrixing. I'm not trying to proselytize to people that I have to live amongst closely unless they open that door by showing that they're asking questions or they're thinking for themselves or they, you know, whatever. They look up, they see chemtrails, they they wonder. But this person just said to me without any prompting that they would never, ever get a jab and their mate would never, ever get a jab. I'm trying to keep this gender obscure here for privacy, but they would never do it because they believed in natural immunity, et cetera, et cetera. Well, cut to one of them stopped by and was having a cup of coffee with me, and I asked about their other half, and they said, oh, not feeling well, not at all, not since the the jab and I didn't say anything and I even tried to keep my expression blank and this person looked at me and said I know I know I said we were never going to do it but there was pressure from the family blah 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 and long story short both of them 
have had non-stop health problems since that time. It's just yeah, a I tragedy. A yeah. I hear that a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, like you, um, like I think you said the last time uh, we, were, we were chatting that uh, you didn't know anybody that uh, died of this COVID thing. Well, neither have I to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, plenty, plenty of people getting sick with the the jibby jab. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you, you, you did send us a link. Um, uh, you was said, that a Deagle one the, the, about the uh, yeah. war dead? Is it that one? Yes. Uh, no, it was. It was. Uh, you sent the one to the expose website, which mentioned the Deagle uh, predictions. Oh, right, you, right. You sent separately some um, some figures on excess deaths. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that was, was that the Irish one? Or was it the uh, exercise? Well, it, oh. the Deagle. I think the I think the Deagle link you sent was just from Deagle. It was the Deagle population projections. Yeah. Um, but those. But there, was a, there was an article written, uh, I think, that by the expose about that. Ah, oh, okay. And it, and it, uh, it. Oh, hear it. Yeah, Deagle's a population forecast confirmed by heavily censored Pfizer documents, mm. and it it goes into the. They, because they redacted all that info and, and didn't uh, put it out to the public, uh, basically the Deagle predictions are on course with the amount of people that Pfizer expected to kill. Mm. More or less. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's where that was going. But uh, the, the excess deaths ones in Ireland, which I don't seem to have up here for some reason, they had no excess deaths in the so-called pandemic year, but now they're up to around 20% year on year. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Edward Dowd. He's some yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he put out, he got a hold of the NHS. I don't know if it included Ireland, if it was all, you know, what was included in there. But I'll just say UK excess deaths. Oh, the UK, UK and Northern Ireland, because okay. uh, Ireland's a separate jurisdiction. Yeah. So it, it was exactly what you're talking about for Ireland. The, there was there were no excess deaths, no deaths you wouldn't expect during that time. But once the shot was introduced, that's when you start seeing the excess deaths kick up. And I think UK wide, it is now about twenty percent across the board. Um, I don't I know what you hear about that over there, Paul. Is, is anybody talking about it? I'm, I'm not a person that's out and about um, much. Uh, I'm, I'm just finding as well the, the, the post that you shared, you know, or, or the, the details you shared, um, and you, you were linking to dataexplorer.oecd.org and stats.oecd.org, and you're, you're covering them in Australia, Austria, Canada, many, 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 many countries. And I'm not sure where you got that from, but I did. I think I had a look. Uh, one of the links you shared just before that. Yeah, really well, worldatlas.com was one of them. I just scrolled up here and found it. And there was another one. It was a UK government website. Some of this stuff came from. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, what is it? Uh, one of them was uh, parliament.uk, Business Publication Research Olympic Britain Crime and Defence, the Fallen, it was called, was the name of the article. And the, the, one of the uh, snippets out of that was in World War Two, there were yeah. 384,000 soldiers killed in combat. A higher civilian death toll, seventy thousand, as opposed to two thousand in World War One, largely due to German bombing raids during the Blitz. 
40,000 civilians died in the seven-month period between September 1940 and May 1941, almost half of them in London. And there's, there's, there's more people died after the, after the jab now than died in these wars. Yeah, a lot more. So 70,000 um, and in, in World War II civilians and just, I don't know. Well, I think, I think the number oh. is, it includes all the soldiers as well. It includes all of them. I think that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. Data Explorer, the OECD, that's the official um, uh, statistics place in the UK, I think. The Office of... Uh, I can't remember what it means. But yeah, yeah I mean, no, I've, I've, just, I've just found a bit where you, you, you highlighted it. Um, UK excess deaths 2022 and 2023 alone... 101,000, just under 102,000. Mm. And apparently they're saying just yeah. 70,000 total civilian deaths in the whole of World War Two. So more people, yeah. So like 50% more deaths nearly um, from this. And and the fact that, I don't know, I, I, I guess you guys see John Campbell now and again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just the amount, of, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because we're probably, the people who are, you know, buying the, the, the mainstream, who, who tune into BBC and so on, probably never even see all the stuff being put out by John Campbell, probably never even hear of Andrew Bridgen and, and yeah. I see Malhotra and all these people who are sort of maybe controlled opposition, but at least they're saying some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot yeah. of the, the, the sort of Joe blogs in the street probably never even sees that, but... Just, just even if you didn't know about the excess deaths, just all the people that everybody must be must must know in their circle, in their family, uh, friends of friends, if not direct friends. Uh, but but it seems like it seems like Joe Public doesn't want to, still doesn't want to kick off about this and really say, oh my God, what's what the hell's going on? You know, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's not in a way, but. You know, surely there should, if, if anything, should have people marching on Parliament. That you know, this 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 should be it. You know, yeah. excuse well, I mean, me, but you've killed, uh, you know, killed so many others. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I mean, going going on the the British figures for the World War One, World War Two, the the, uh, the Vietnam War ones are even worse. The, the National Archives show fifty eight thousand two hundred twenty soldiers were killed killed in the whole of the Vietnam War, and yet in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. Excess deaths in USA are 651,512. It's over 10 times as many. Mm -hmm. How is nobody noticing? Because this is that technique that Alan would talk about. Basically, it's a Brzezinski kind of a thing, but we're not going to notice anything if the mainstream media doesn't tell us to notice it. We're not going to be outraged unless we're guided to be outraged. We won't protest it unless we are told that this is something that we need to protest. So when the mainstream media is not telling you what is happening and why it's happening, most people are truly oblivious to what's happening. And one example, I follow Dr. William Maccus and his substack fairly regular. I mean, I, I guess I read him every day, every other day at least. And one that he sent a few weeks back, I think it happened in the Philippines. I'm not sure. She was an influencer who died suddenly. 
and the mainstream media coverage of it asked the question in all seriousness or said in all seriousness that they suspected that it was the use of her blow dryer that caused her to die. What would she do with it? <laughs> dr- dr- drying her hair. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it must be something more serious than that. Uh, no. Yeah, there you go. No. Was she dropped so, in the bath? No. <laughs> no. It, it, you know, it went on to explain in a kind of a farcical manner that sometimes when your head is cold and wet and you apply heat rapidly, it can cause a change that could cause, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this could have caused a blood clot, et cetera, et cetera. So this is what people in the mainstream are getting as an explanation for a 24 year old healthy looking woman to drop dead. I bet hairdryer sales have dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I better tell the wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know. If, I think I sent this one. The um, the uh, defibrillators in London. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just just cropped up in time for the uh, the arguably the biggest rugby tournament in the world, and it's it's right in the uh, the area where the English fans will be walking through to go to the matches, or the English and the, the opponents fans will all be walking through to get their matches. And they've got five of these defibrillators within, what, two or three hundred yards? Mm-hmm. All on one side. Well, I've, 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 I've got to say, here in the UK, they're everywhere, and, I, and I've been spotting them. And I was I was tweeting them about them a, a year or two ago, just, just in, in the most, you know, small football areas, in little tiny villages, and just, just everywhere. There'll be some kind of, um, no doubt, inside of them in some politician who's approved, you know, this big oh, yeah. budget to buy loads of defibrillators and has also got shares in the defibrillator companies, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There'll be some element of um, profiteering, gravy trip, yeah, corruption going on. But but also, yeah, why? Why? All of a sudden, there's everywhere, around every mm-hmm. every corner, you've got to have a defibrillator. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Well, the, the thing about them is, uh, okay, just hypothetically, say that I think they're 100 yards apart or something. If somebody drops 50 yards from either one of those things, Right, the general public's supposed to know that person's had a heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. They, they could have just fainted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they could have some, some other problem. Uh, now, they're supposed to go to this machine, read the instructions about how to get the defibrillator out of the box, and then they've got to read the instructions on how to use the thing and get back to the person before they die. Yeah. Now, how is that possible? Neil, the, this kind of thing is done in James Bond movies all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's Sean Connery when you need him? Yeah. I was, um, I, I, I sometimes sit down and watch like five or ten minutes of an American football game with my brother just to be a good sibling, not that I care at all about it. And the other night I was thinking as I was sitting there, not really watching, but, you know, just being there. I was remembering that uh, guy that had a heart attack and or we're told and he very nearly died and or he did his heart did stop for a while and he was in the hospital and I thought I guess that maybe maybe we are already at a place of rollerball 
where things become much more violent and people watch it because of the violence. And maybe right now the violence is, is one of your favorite players going to die suddenly? Will people be able to get to the defibrillators fast enough? You know, so it adds a whole level of excitement to the game. It's like the, like the Hunger Games. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> kind of get into that mentality. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I played soccer for 40 years, right? And I was, mm-hmm. I was still, well, I played my last game at 51, right? And I played with guys who were mid 50s. I never saw anybody dropping dead. Mm-hmm. I never saw anybody falling over out of breath. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In all that time, 40 mm-hmm. years, I never saw any of it. Yeah. I, I didn't even see it in professional uh, circles either. Never heard of it. And no. then all of a sudden, they're dropping all over the place. And it's being normal. It's no, yeah, it's being normalized that people who are in high school or even younger have heart attacks and, and they just do, you know. You never heard of this, ever. There's, that, there's actually, I think it's an NHS ad, so I don't know if you've seen it. Um, and it's, I, th- I think it's, they show a female, young, young female soccer player having a heart attack. Mm. In an NHS. Like, ah, as if, as if this happens all the time. Uh. Well, be prepared, you know. Angry, I yeah. want to ask you a question to switch topics. Um, I want to ask you if there are any stories or anything going on in the trans insanity world that you want to bring to our attention because you've, you've followed that a bit. Or anyone that you listen to that's putting out good work. Uh, yeah, it's something I, I think about a lot and, um, and and listen to to commentary on quite a lot. But um, you do as well, don't you, Neil? I think we've, we've both mentioned um, John Euler um, and um, and and also a guest that he had on called um, Alex um, Aharon, and she runs this Gender Mapper project, and and it was actually interesting. You get you get me thinking. I've got some, some, something to comment on. Um, Neil sent me through that congressional testimony hearing, congressional hearing about um, jigsaw called gender affirming care, which included um, Chloe Cole, the, well, I guess the most famous detransitioner, um, giving testimony there, and also one of the old swimming college swimming colleagues of Leah Thomas and a few other people. And as Neil pointed out, it's all very kind of, um, it's all just political point scoring and kind of steering the, um, that we say, naive public into kind of political solutions for this, which will only ever serve to, to harm them. But yeah, um, that was interesting. I, I sent you a link as well, didn't I, Neil, to the Alex Aharon New Year thing. Yeah, I watched um, that, yeah. Yeah. Did you find anything interesting in that? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the mental illness. I mean, it's just, it's it's a cult. It's definitely a cult, because these people can't be that mad to believe this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just, and, and she, she does, you know, she's some of it's tongue-in-cheek, but she does a very good job of stopping the video and saying, no, this is, this is nonsense, and here's why it's nonsense. You know, and uh, points out, I, I mean, the lies alone should be enough to tell you that there's something far wrong with it. Ah, yeah, you're right. And that's that's what I was that's what I was gonna come on to. That that they the number of times I don't know if you noticed in that in that congressional hearing where they were saying, No, we just don't operate on children. It just that mm-hmm. just doesn't happen. So just forget about that. That just that's just not a thing. That just doesn't happen. 
you had you had politicians saying that. You had that um, that that guy who the lawyer some kind of support group. The lawyer guy, the, Minter. Minter. Yeah, Minter. Yeah, well, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's a woman. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's he's been in he's been in the government circles for a while as well. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps for getting into government circles these days. I think. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, ab- absolute outright lies, and like you know, this 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 gender mapper project is, I think, obviously it's not that well known. She's only got like just over two thousand um, uh, subscribers on the YouTube channel, but oh my god, it should be. Um, there should be enough people that know about the information that it's uncovered about the number of, of gender clinics there are and what they're offering to do to children of what age. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that they will operate on, you know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll give um, puberty blockers and um, and they'll consider, discuss and, and talk about doing so-called top surgery um, on on girls at sort of 13, 14. Um, did, I, did I send you the one from Australia about they had a waiting list for um, children under five to start giving them puberty blockers? Oh God, I think you did, yeah. Under five, some of them as young as three. Mm. They're the waiting list. I mean, what the parents? What what is wrong with them? I mean, it's just it's like you know, it's like the the parents. So, what did you, you know? They asked the mother when she's pregnant. Well, what, what would you like? You know, most people just say, I just want a healthy child, right? But um, maybe they say, oh, I want a little girl actually, and then they're really disappointed, and then they get a boy, and they go, Ah, oh, well, there's a way around that now. Yeah, or or there, there probably are some now that really want um, they want uh, uh, you know they want something they can mold. Yeah, a trophy. Um, <laughs> a, a yeah, trophy a, yeah, 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 a trophy, and and to and to, to have to, to to purposefully specifically have something some some offspring that is non-conforming. And I, I don't know. If, I think I mentioned last time maybe this sometimes. Check out this guy. It's called Brian. Can't remember his surname, but he runs the COVID blog. Yes, he yes. Was, he, he, he had this article um, talking, among other things, about how unvaxxed sperm is being kind of sought after and kind of you know prized and almost like auctioned to the highest bidder, or is it, you know it's financially worth something supposedly. But he was saying, uh, by the way, if anyone reading this is kind of thinking, yeah, I'm going to cash in, think twice, because apparently a lot of the, the demand is coming from same-sex female couples. Um, and then he was sharing some of the posts by them saying, we want someone back sperm. And the way that the wording that they used in their advert saying, we want some sperm because we want to have a, you know, a baby, mm-hmm. it was very much like... Um, it was. It was. The wording really suggested they were kind of thinking of that they want another baby as like a pet. Yeah. You'd have to read them to understand sort of what I mean and why I say that. Um, but yeah, it's the old. Obviously, this is on purpose. The old, um, the the historical long-term model of of having a family is just being completely. Yeah. I, guess, destroyed, yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess if it was two gay guys, they wouldn't need to worry because men can get pregnant now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those. Yeah. You're fine. 
the women, the women are uterus, yeah. Be, beyond, <laughs> the, beyond the the obvious psychological, emotional, and physical damage and destruction that is being done to children, the aspect of this that is most concerning and alarming to me is the idea that we are all being told that we have to accept insanity and that if we yeah. don't accept insanity, we are hateful and we need to, you know, and I see this constantly in the mainstream. I do try to read as much of it as I can stomach because I understand that that's where the majority of the people get information. And so over and over and over it is being drummed into them that you can choose your sex, that there is such a thing as gender dysphoria, that you should have gender reassignment, that people who think otherwise are hateful and misguided. And this is, and, and they get it from all kinds of sources, whether you pick up Psychology Today or Vogue magazine or uh, Popular Mechanics, you're going to get this propaganda. And that is just... We we are living in insane times. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mentioned to somebody before, you know, and he was kind of reading one of my T-shirts, and uh, he was pretending he wasn't. I said, hey, you can read it if you want. That's why I'm wearing it. <laughs> it was one of the, the, the two genders and stuff. And he said, oh, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. And I said, well, it's not an opinion. It's, it's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what you think. It's, you, you, you can't get away from the facts. Oh, you're entitled to your opinion. You know? uh, well, whatever. And, I, and I, said, I said to him, I said, listen, if you, for just, just uh, hypothetically, if you were to go for gender reaffirming surgery, how many options would you get? <laughs> he kind of looked at me. I said, you get one, right? That means there's only two. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> and you sent, uh, this morning, you sent some photographs of some of the T-shirts that you've made and wear around, and I'll include those because they are funny. Um, definitely either going to start a conversation or make somebody angry with you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, as I, as I said last time, nobody has. Yeah. Nobody huh? has. That's, that's, that's the strange thing. That's, that's kind of why I'm wearing them. I'm not, I'm not wearing them to meet people who agree. I want, I want somebody to say, I don't agree with that. So you can yeah. just play into them with uh, <laughs> a bit of reality. You know? We're a- headed towards our hour here, but I wanted to close with something that really got me laughing. And then it, it also prompted an exchange that I had later. So Neil, can you tell us about the little video that you sent me, the TikTok video that you sent a few days ago. Well, basically, and to keep it short, uh, it's this uh, clearly mentally ill. Um, I hate even to use the term mother because this is this is somebody who shouldn't have children, to be honest. Uh, she's suing her school because the school uh, got in touch with with her and explained that uh, you know she's going to have to have a word with her son because he's he's licking his hands in class and it's kind of disruptive for the rest of the pupils who are kind of find that a bit disgusting. And uh, she got back to the school and said, "Well, he identifies a cat, and that's what cats do. So I'm going to sue you for not for not affirming him as a cat." Now I, I don't know who's the more mentally ill, the child or the mother. <laughs> the mother, clearly the coming. mother. <laughs> mm. Well, wait. I can't help wondering. I can't help wondering whether whether she's joking. Or 
Well, I thought she was. Well, apparently not. You know, that is a really good question, Angry. And so I thought it could have been a joke. You know, people put anything up on YouTube and TikTok, etc. But two days ago, I was with some family, and there was a woman that I'd met before, a friend of the family, who is a nurse. And she's been a long-time emergency room nurse, but she moved over into a job, and I, she was just telling me what the job was. And she said, it's the easiest job that I've had in my long career as a nurse. She is working at a large university as a university clinic nurse. And I said, oh, well, that, that would be much easier than an emergency room. But the very next thing I said was, well, in the course of your work, are you seeing people, transgender people who are having gender dysphoria or wanting to consider um, a sex change operation, anything like that? And she said, no, all of that gets routed to the psych department. And the interesting thing about this woman is she was very careful about the way that she worded everything because she works at a university and you have to be careful. And she said without smiling or making it a joke or anything. She said, because that, that really is where that belongs. And then I just kept the opening. I, you know, I kept going with it and I said, oh, well, I just thought that you might have seen something like that. And she said, well, I'll tell you what I did see. She said, and there was a, a woman a young lady, a student, who came in to see me, and I noticed before she sat down that she had attached to her a very large tail, and it looked like a Malamute, you know, that the, the dog. It looked like the, the big, furry, fluffy Malamute tail, quite lovely tail, but it was as attached as she could get it to be. And she said this was right around Halloween, and I thought it was a costume, and I said, great costume, and the woman was furious. She said, I'm a dog. <laughs> and <laughs> the nurse the nurse said, well... So, hold, 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 hold on a second, stop you. So she was identifying as a male breed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a transgender dog. So this nurse then told me, she said immediately one of her, the, one of the other nurses on staff there informed me of what a furry is and the whole furry culture and this whole weird thing and that you have to be sensitive to it, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember nurses are great for stories because, you know, you, You've got to play the game if you want to keep the job. And many, many years ago, Alan talked on a regular basis to an emergency room nurse in New York City who has sadly passed away a long time ago. But she was complaining to Alan. The first thing she said, her new supervisor was a man. Now, keep in mind, this would have been, say, let's just say 2008, nine, in there. And she said it was a man, but he dressed as a woman. And he had a beard, and he was just a big brute guy, but he wore a dress. And people had to address this person 
as if it was a woman. So that was her direct supervisor at the hospital. And that's all that time ago. Then she said one of the craziest things that ever happened is someone came into the hospital for emergency treatment unrelated to the horns that they had implanted in their skull. No deal. Yeah. What a world. Because they were, they were trying to be what? I don't know, a goat? Lucifer? I've got an idea, uh-huh. which is, what if we were to just, if people were just to, um, you know, everyone who sort of sees this, let's say for what it is, wherever the word trans is being used, somebody wants to be, want to say they're trans, the trans man, trans woman, whatever, just replace the word trans with pretend. It's a better word, isn't it? Yeah. It's clear. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're a pretend woman. You're a pretend dog. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I always thought, like, you know, if you're a a rational, sensible parent, you know, and your child says, oh, yeah, I, I identify as a cat. You say, okay, you're sleeping outside tonight, and there's your food. (laughs) And uh, if you want to go to the toilet, I've got bad news for you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, all the way. They're eating cat chow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's the letter tree over there. Uh, Cats do it in public, so if there's people around, you're just going to have to go. That's it. (laughs) You You also have to lick lick their own backsides. Well, some people might enjoy that too much, I don't know, but... uh, Uh, some people, some people would bend over backwards to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mentioned the furries thing, mm-hmm. and that's interesting because I don't know if you spotted this uh, or, or you came across this, Neil, when you watched the John Euler, um two episodes that he did with Alex Aharon. I think it was in those two. He talked about furries, and he said, he basically oh, yeah. put it out there that furries are kind of a, basically a grooming, largely they're, they're a grooming tool. Yeah. Mm. Or pedos, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, like so people like animals, right? People like animals and that. Especially kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, like a, it's like the mascots at uh, sports games, isn't it? They're always dressed yeah. up as bears or, or you know, lions or something like that, and they're jumping about. And I guess, I mean, maybe there's something wrong with them as well. Who knows? <laughs> well, if, 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 you were, if you were that way inclined, that, that would be top of your list of ideal jobs, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, come home and see my puppies. <laughs> Yeah. But we might still be recording next month. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm not going till the 21st of February. 21st. Okay, so we'll be back. And then you'll keep me posted on the work that the two of you are doing together. Sure. Okay. Send songs and we'll include them. And we'll definitely, I don't know if uh, Angry will join us in February. It's a lot of fun to have you on the conversation, but it's going to be a regular thing one way or the other. Says me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on again. That is it from us and from me for today. I am not 
altogether sure who is joining me next week. I, I kind of have an idea, but until I hear back, I'll just keep mum on that. But uh, I'll see you next week, and I will hope that you have a good week, and stay away from crazy people. That's very, very difficult. <laughs> These days. <laughs> All right. Oh, sin to me from my father up above.